Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ken Eddy Podcast. We're glad you're here. Ken is a realtor, speaker, and author with decades of successful real estate sales, years of global speaking engagements, and his books dedicated to helping fellow realtors are available right now on Amazon. Ken says, you give me your time and attention, and I'll give you clarity and direction. Now, here's your host, Ken Eddy. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today as we continue our series of in-depth one-on-one interviews with top realtors from across the country. I'm Ken Eddy from Remax Real Estate Central in Calgary, Alberta, and today I'm chatting with Mr. Craig Adam. Welcome, Craig. Thanks for having me. Craig runs the Craig Adam Real Estate Team at Remax Crown Real Estate in Regina, Saskatchewan. Craig is consistently in the top five of his office year after year. Craig also has achieved almost, well, you name the award that <laughs> Remax has, you've achieved it from Chairman's Club to the Titan Club, and certainly the, the Diamond Club. Annually, Craig will average 120 to 140 transactions. He is heavily involved in local charity, and when Craig's not working, he is either traveling, because I know he loves to travel, mm-hmm. I know he loves to golf, and you don't know if I'm going to say this or not, like today, he is a heck of a guitar player. Oh boy, yes. Craig yes. has entertained a, <laughs> hundreds of us <laughs> at late nights after all the conferences. Those are fun nights. So he's quite the uh, guitar player and, and singer. I'll give you, well, no, it's okay. two in the morning, so I can Yeah, at least anybody sounds good at that point, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I will be asking Craig a series of questions, about a dozen and dozen and a half questions, on what it has taken him to be successful and the steps he's gone through to get where he is today. So without further ado, let's dive right into these questions. Craig, we have an idea of where you are today, 120, 140 transactions. But tell us, what were you doing prior to getting into real estate? Why did you pick real estate as a career? Well, I had no idea I was going to get into real estate, to be honest. It's uh, uh, next year will be my 20th year uh, in real estate. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was a television sportscaster. I was in the media and I'd uh, done that for, you know, 10, 12 years uh, as, a, as a sports broadcaster. We had a half hour sports show every night on TV. I was in uh, Calgary, Lethbridge, uh, Regina, um, Yorkton. I started in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. You know, we got to a point, Ken, where you know, I wasn't challenged at my job anymore. I wasn't challenged. Um, I was in my early 30s. I was about 32 years old and, and thought, you know, where do I want to be in 10 years? You know, financially, uh, professionally. Um, I wasn't married at the time. So it's like, you know, where, where, where am I going to be in 10 years? And um, so the challenge had kind of lost itself in the media. Um, they don't pay very well in the media. But it wasn't only about money. It was about you know, if I'm doing an interview in, in Regina, if I'm interviewing Gary and Durant in Regina or Doug Flutie in Toronto, my skill to do that is the same. So I just thought, I don't want to be 10 or 15 years from now thinking, you know, I should do something. I should have done something 10 or 15 years ago. So then I had this self-reflection, you know, what am I, I knew I was going to lead the media, but what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of do this self-analysis of your of yourself, right? Um I, I like sales. I, I like marketing. I like people. Movie star, could be uh, an actor. 
could have been that. Um, you know, I thought about getting into the RCMP at the time. I, I didn't mind traveling to small towns. I was single at the time. Could have done a, had a career at that and then, you know, for whatever reason, had a good pension in, in 30 years. But it kind of came back to being independent and being rewarded for hard work because I didn't have a problem being a hard worker, but I wanted to be rewarded for that. So then that was part of this, but I didn't want to sell a product. I don't want to sell cars. I don't want to sell insurance. You could sell yourself. As a, as a realtor, you, you have something to offer. Mm -hmm. So I kept doing some research into the real estate industry in Regina, and I made the plunge. So that's kind of how it, kind of how it evolved. And I thought, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can do something else. So, and obviously, it's working out because it's been what twenty plus years in counting. Correct. Yeah, it's it's worked out really well, and 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 I'm and I'm very fortunate. You know, I had a uh, I had a, a name and face that people recognized. They just needed to know what I was doing at that point. So, well, obviously, broadcasting that's a good prerequisite to get it. If you want notoriety, <laughs> it's fabulous. It, it yeah, I mean, name and face recognition is is huge in real estate, right? And so I, I didn't have to, um, you know, part of my my challenges was. Um, not necessarily letting people know who I was because people did know who I was, but they needed to know what I was doing. And so that was the steps that I was taking at an early age or early in my career. Well, speaking of being early in your career, like in the first year or two years, what were some of the biggest challenges you had to get your career up and going? Well, that was a good question. I, you know, that was one is, you know, um, where people knew who I was from being on TV and in their living rooms and, um, you know, every night for, for a number of years. Um, so just letting them know what I was doing at that point. Um, but some of the challenges, uh, definitely I did, I did not understand how much paperwork was involved in our business. I did not understand about budgeting. Um, you know, you get a couple of commission checks and it's like, woohoo, look at all this money. And then you spend it all. And it's like, well, it's true. Wait a minute. And all of a sudden, two or three months down the road, and you don't have any more possessions coming up. Um, that was a, that was a huge eye opener for me. Um, and, you know, and the other thing too, it's like, you know, you've known lots of people and all of a sudden you see your buddy or, or somebody else listing their house or using somebody else and trying to wrap my head around why aren't they using me? So there's some struggles there early on and uh, uh, I think I've learned from them. So you went from being in people's living rooms via the television to actually being in their living rooms in real estate. <laughs> That's right. You could segue there. So again, when you started out, Let's talk about education, training, courses, mentors, books. Did you embrace that? Did it take a while? Or if you did, what did you focus on? Well, I think part of my, um, the, the, the obstacles when you're first starting out, for me anyway, I thought I knew everything. You know, it's like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just go do this. and that. But it wasn't, right? And you really have to listen to other people. And there's a... Um, gentleman in my office at the time when I first started and he had all these cassette tapes of Floyd Wickman. He just here, Craig, you can have them. I put them in the old uh, cassette cassette tapes of my uh, old Nissan Sentra, which was all I could afford. I got into real estate and, I, and, and that was fine. Nothing against Nissan Sentras. But it was, you know, I had those. And then there was a, a, a tour of, you know, Richard Robbins had, had some people coming by offices throughout Western Canada at the time. And, and uh, listen to what they had to say, and I'm like, you know, there's other people out there with a lot of information that I obviously do not have. And so I'd gone to a couple of those um, educational um, masterminds and, 
and it was very beneficial for me um, from an early start because I tried to have at least a base of where I could try to build my business from. So I, I think that those early on were, were extremely, extremely helpful you know, to me. And you take a little bit from one person, a little bit from another, and, and you try to mold who you are because you're not going to be what somebody else is, but you want to establish you know, your own brand, and, and that's what I was trying to accomplish. Obviously, new realtors or struggling realtors have to understand they don't know everything. Especially when you first start out and, and you get put your ego to the side and get out there and learn from everybody. Especially, as you said, you know, people in your office can help you out. Well, absolutely. And, and, and going to conferences. I mean, I, mean I, I knew right away that I needed to go to conferences. I needed to go and talk to people. Uh, talk to, you know, and we had met at conferences. Talk to Ken Eddies and talk to people who've been in the business for, for a while. Because um, I don't think what new agents or struggling agents realize is they're agents are out there to help you they will they will give back to you and and but all you have to do is ask ask them what they're doing ask them what their struggles were um and and how they got around that and and, and i think that going to conferences really really helped me by talking to other agents what are you doing what did you do to to get over the hump and what made you successful and what were some of the hurdles and i and i was never scared to ask questions were you surprised how willing these top realtors were to give you information to share? Did that surprise you? Or it did surprise me. It, well, I embraced it, but it, 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 it did surprise me because I didn't think they would give me all their secrets or give me like, and, and I've kind of taken that back. And even in my own office, I have no problems telling people what I do and how I get there um, because they still have to pick up the phone and get and do what they're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can't. I can't control what, what they're going to do, and I can't control what, what their business. I can only control what I do. Um, but giving back to them, I think, um, will help them. And, and we want our industry to be successful, we want people to survive, and we want you know people to have a good life. And so I have no problem helping out people like that. A lot of people, a lot of realtors, will credit their assistance at, at helping them out, uh, holding everything together. In the past, uh, you've had an assistant before. I'm not sure where you are right now at the assistant level. Talk about uh, a good assistant, the characteristics and the qualifications you look for or you recommend the audience to look for. Well, you know, my first assistant uh, that I had um, was with me for 10 years, and I think the number one thing is trust. Um, you have to trust your assistant. Um, there's a lot of things that your assistant is going to know about you and your business and your family and um and about your clients mm -hmm. um, there's certainly you know we work with all kinds of you know scenarios in our business uh some fortunate some unfortunate of course uh you need to trust them um they need to uh, show up to work they need to be accountable um, so those are some really things some of the minor things like databases and crms and all that that can be taught and, uh, you know, and so I think that that's really important. My first assistant was um, same age as me. She had a broadcasting background, so her communication skills were incredible. So for keeping in touch with clients, all that kind of stuff. Um, so she was mature. And so that really helped. Fast forward, new assistant. Uh, she's great as well. She's a lot younger. But, you know, getting to that maturity level and all that, that only takes experience. And that will come with time. Um, so she brings something different to the table. 
She's, mm -hmm. she's younger, she's a little more apt computer-wise, social media-wise. So she brings something else to the table too. So um, you kind of got to pick and choose, but I guess the number one thing is to have somebody that's reliable and trustworthy. Would you say that's, it's, and correct me if I'm on the wrong line on this, a combination of the personality and also the skills they have. You look for both? I think so. Yeah, you need both. You need you do need the personality. Mm -hmm. um, you need need um, somebody that is consistent with what they do and attention to detail. Um, and there's that fine balance that you want somebody that represents your brand and represents you. Mm -hmm. um, and but you also want somebody that's not exactly like you because if they're exactly like you, they're not going to like doing the things that they're going to be doing because you want an assistant that's good at the things that you don't like to do. So that's what that's the type of person you want. And so you need to find that that balance and it takes time, trial and error. I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I've I've only had three assistants. So I, I feel fortunate. Let's talk about buyer agents. That's another question comes up all the time. How do you find a good buyer agent? What do you look for? What are the qualifications? What's the personality? What's the education? What's the experience? That's a good question too. Um, you know, we have worked, I've worked with a number of buyer agents. I try to call them selling partners. I, mean, I think there's um, people talk about different titles for uh, buyer's agents. But I think that you have uh, one that's somebody that will represent your brand because you're the one that's sending them out there with your clients. Front and center. They're front and center. Um, they're representing you. So they one, they have to get up and go to work every day. They need to be accountable. Um, they need to work hard. The challenge that I've always had is nobody's ever going to do it exactly like I'm going to do it. And you have to let that go. You really do because, you know, they, they've got to be their own person and nobody's going to do it exactly like Ken's going to do it. And nobody's going to do it exactly like Craig. That doesn't mean it's wrong, right? So as long as they, as long as they get the result and your clients are happy. Can they do it better than you in some cases? Well, most times they can. You know, a lot of times they can um, because they might have the time to, you know, to, to designate for that. Right now, we don't have any, you know, buyer's agents on our, on, our, on our team, but that's going to change as things come because this year was just a little bit different. Um, but I think you need somebody that's, that, that's committed to you and understands the value that you are bringing to as a, as a team leader and, um, and, and to help them excel in, in what they're doing. My next question could be a touchy one for you, but working with family, mm. pros and cons, and <laughs> what can you tell us or would you like to answer that question? Well, I work with my wife, Deborah Duncan, who's also a realtor. She's been doing this for probably 11 or 12 years. She was not a realtor when we, when we first got married. So, I, I, you know, the, uh, the, pros, the pros are you get to work with your spouse. The cons are you get to work with your spouse. <laughs> because it's, it's one of those things that... Uh, is a blessing and a curse because you really and and we struggle sometimes to find that balance of not working 24 7 because it it never leaves the house it's always there it's always constant and so we really have to find that time to separate work family and um you know leisure time and oh. Well, that's a that's the million dollar question, right? Um, and I think the, the the biggest thing is is learning to say no, and you know when you've got a tea time or 
you've got dinner with family or you've got that trip that you've got planned to Calgary or wherever the case may be um, and just saying no to, to people say look I can't make it I, I've got a, I've got another appointment I've got something else and 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 schedule your 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 own time and not waver from that and but that's the but that's the million dollar question. Because both of you have to do that. Because we both have to do it. And so a lot of times we might we might take vacations separately. Like just smaller ones. Like larger ones we'll do together. But if it's a, a one or two day kind of here and there. So somebody's back kind of handling the business. And, and Deb's incredible in the sense of she does a lot on the back end. So she does a lot of the, uh, the books, uh, the accounting, um, managing, you know, rental properties, prop corps, all that kind of stuff. So so she's not only a top producer, she's a platinum agent as it is. She's got her own center of influence. Um, so we all both have our, our own business. Um, and so we're busy. And so we need to find that balance sometimes. So that's that's probably the cons. But the pros are, are I mean, are really good because you're working to the commonality of trying to um, better your business. And so working towards that is... As long as you're on the same page, that's good. Who's the better golfer, you or Deb? Oh, that's a that's an easy question. It's not me. It's, <laughs> it's not the guy sitting in this chair. <laughs> yeah, she's a good golfer. Yeah, and just so you know that uh, Craig and Deb are the reigning champions of my business partner. And I have a golf tournament every year, the Kennedy Glen Herring uh, Golf Tournament, and well, I guess you might be. Able Playing for two years now yeah. because of COVID here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the reigning champion, and yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, that was thanks for inviting us, by the way. But I think Deb, I think Deb carried us on on, on that particular day. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. thirteen under, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, quite possible. Let's talk about business plans. A lot of people have written business plans. Uh, other people have. They're so systematic and so routine that they have it in their mind and they repeat it over and over again. Tell us about your business plan. Yeah, we don't really have a, a like a set plan. Um, but in saying that, we, we, we have a vision and we have goals. And, and you know, we have financial goals. Uh, we have retirement goals. And so we, you know, we make sure that um, the income is there and the finances is there, the, uh, the investments are there. So those are, those are part of the business plan. Um, we do our own little forensic audit of our business, or Deb does quarterly, look at where our income is, where our expenses are, compared to the last quarter, compared to last year at this time. Um, geez, you know what, our income is up, and boy, our expenses are down this month. What, what was different this year than it was last year? So that part of our plan is, is knowing where your business comes from, and we track that, we know that, because that ultimately leads us to where are we focusing our time? Where are we focusing our energy? Where are we focusing our money? Because if it's about um, not what you're making, but what you're keeping, mm -hmm. and that's very important. And I learned that early in my career because it was about what I was making, not what I was keeping. And I was spending like a banshee on advertising and this and that, and not, not having any kind of plan. But in order to know uh, where you're going, you got to know where you were. And so we know where our business comes from. We focus our plan based on, on that. So I, I think, yes, we do have a plan. It's not something that's set in stone, but um, we check back on it 
you know, every once in a while, just to make sure we're, we're targeting who's in. Just to digress a little bit, when you go to conferences and you're talking to other talk realtors and you're sharing ideas, I'm sure you're sharing ideas and costs of different ideas too, and what to do and what not to do, because you are right, it's what you keep. Yes. And have you learned from other realtors of what not to do as well as what to do? Well, I know that uh, there's certain things that I've learned over the years, and certainly as our industry um, evolves, um, as marketing evolves, we used to spend a lot of money on print advertising. Uh, we don't do any anymore. Um, because the, and that's our own, and some people still might do print, but I mean, we're, it's just not something we do, um, because we would track how much of our business would come from print. And when the answer is none, then why are we spending all this money on it? Just throwing it away. You're throwing it away. And so we would look back at that and say, yeah, I mean, this stuff is not working. And the other thing too is, you know, and our, our industry changes, and I know, Technology has changed too. There's lots of video out there, as an example. I mean, lots of people are doing video, um, and we do video as well. And I think it's really important for my industry to do that. But I caution people in the sense of why are you doing video? Are you doing it because it generates you business? Are you doing it to stroke your ego? Because I see a lot of people that that's the only reason they're doing it. Satisfy the seller. Satisfy the seller or anything else. Um, did it help you generate more business? Did it help sell that listing? So if you go back, okay, we've sold um, 100 transactions this year, as an example. Look, where did all of our business come from? Where did all our sales come from? How much was designated to, we sold that house because of video. We sold it because of video. And if the answer is the percentage is really, really low, you have to start thinking again. Where is your time and energy and all of that focused on? And I think that, I, I don't get me wrong, and I know it's important, um, but I think really you have to know where your business is coming from before you start splashing things out there to see if something sticks. And you're probably like, well, every realtor, there's only so much money to spend. And you have to say to yourself, what is the highest and best use of this money? Like, why throw it away on diminishing returns? Correct. Now, this segues right into my next question for you here. Throughout your career, well, in real estate, it never goes perfectly. You never go from here <laughs> and work your way up on a perfect little scale. Tell us about the peaks, uh, the plateaus. What did you do to really ramp up your business, to shift to the next level? Hiring an assistant, uh, videos. Can you enlighten us a bit on that? Well, I think uh, hiring an assistant was was the was one of the best things I ever did early in my career um, and I should have done it I, I think it was year uh, five that I did it and I probably should have done it year two I should have started uh, with an assistant probably second year in the business but again it's oh, I can't afford it I can't you know all of these things that financially probably didn't make sense when you're a struggling realtor just starting out or, or whatever but you know I was fortunate in the sense that I started off very busy um, and never really looked back. And I, I was disorganized when I first started. I didn't have a CRM. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have a good bookkeeping system. I had nothing. I didn't have a deb. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have a deb till about year two or three in the business. So uh, she got me organized and she got me on track. Uh, she wasn't my assistant. She was you know, working somewhere else. 
Uh, but getting that assistant was was paramount to uh, me in my early age or early career, just to focus on the things that would generate the income and, and have the assistant do that. Tell us about say your best or what are your top one or two marketing ideas that have really paid dividends for you. Uh, you know, there's a number of things I guess a person does, and it's hard to keep track of that and what's your return on your investment in some of these marketing ideas. But, you know, knowing where your business comes from and, if, you know, 80, probably 85% of our business is referrals and repeat business. And then the other 5% of that is, is people that will um, be off of lawn signs or something like that. But how did you get that listing? You got it from a past referral. Mm -hmm. So really 90, probably 90% 90 of our business is from referrals and repeat business. So we've done some kind of cool things like in the last couple of years, uh, rather than sending out Christmas cards as an example, uh, we're, we're doing a Christmas video. And what we've said to people is look, we're trying to um, look after our carbon footprint. We're trying to save some money in the sense of we're gonna save postage and our, reduce our carbon footprint and donate that money that we would have spent on postage to the Regina Food Bank. Okay? Excellent. Right, and then we sent out this video and so the cost, one, you keep your costs down because you're doing one video that's going to go to everybody. You can send it out to more people than you thought you could. And the feedback from that was tremendous. And these are all the past clients uh, and other agents that would refer business to us as well. And we find that that return is really good. Um, to measure it is a little, is a little tough. Another thing we, we did at St. Patrick's Day a couple years ago is we sent out... Um, little St. Patrick's Day cards with a couple of lottery tickets in it, a dollar each. Did anybody win big? No, and that's the funny thing. We sent out about a thousand cards and they get it. So that just tells you where your luck is. With, with, but you know what, people enjoyed that. And it was just something that it wasn't a bill that they opened up in the mail. It was just something that was tangible and you know, and they got to scratch. And, but we got a lot of feedback off of that. And I, and I know we got business from that too. So there's some some marketing ideas there. It was here with the luck of the Irish, obviously not with your lottery tickets. No, not with me, no. Every top realtor I've ever spoken to at conferences or in person or interviewed We'll talk about past client retention. And you just talked about 85% of past clients. Mm -hmm. However, the struggling realtors, one of the common denominators they have is they don't keep in touch with their past clients. Can you just elaborate more on the importance of that past client retention? Oh, it's extremely important. And, uh, and it doesn't take much to do that. You know, thank you card, um, phone call, just going to say, do you phone them? Yeah, you phone them. Uh, you keep in touch with them. Um, with our CRM, and it took a while to get in track with that, is I mean, you're at a listing appointment, listen to them. You know, listen to what their kids' names are. Listen to what their birthdays are. You'll see people, you know, on their Facebook page or on the social media, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. Mark that down. Put it in your CRM. All of a sudden, it's a quick phone call. Hey, I just saw that it's little, Billy, little Billy's uh, birthday today. Uh, put them on the phone. Wow. Great. Craig just talked to me, said happy birthday. These are little things that people remember. And so struggling realtors, um, find out, you know, why you're struggling and, and kind of look back and do a self audit of your, of your business. And I guess I can speak from experience because I, you know, when I've gone to peaks and valleys and said, okay, I really having a terrible month here. Why is that? 
And I always look back and over the years, when I do, when we do a marketing campaign or we do something, I see the benefits of that about 30 to 45 days after that, I will see results. It's not immediate. So then I'll say, why did I struggle in this month? Oh, right. Last month we were gone for a month. We're in Palm Springs or somewhere. Chain reaction. Chain reaction. So that's why I'm slow now. Why do you think you get busy? Uh, December is one of our busiest months. Why do you think that is? Because you know you're going away. So you, you drum up a bunch of business and everything and you're, and you're busy. So look back to what you've done. Was it a, a struggling realtors have to look at? Was it, is it something in my family? Is it something in my personal life? Uh, did I not phone any of my past clients? Um, why is that? And be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself why that struggle is there. And you'll find the answers are, a lot of times are, are right in front of you. So true. You know, struggling realtors have a lot of common denominators and top realtors have a lot of common denominators. And one of those denominators is staying in touch with past clients. But I have to ask you this question. So my favorite question to ask is always, <laughs> tell us about the biggest mistake or mistakes that you made where you really screwed up, threw money away or wasted a lot of time just to help our audience and new realtors and struggling realtors so they don't make the same mistake. Well, um, again, I, I paper and pen, maybe. Yeah, paper and pen. There's been a couple of things. Um, you know, I've, I've helped out with some developments and some stuff like that. And you can really waste a lot of money on advertising developments, and, you know, because if you don't have something in writing in a contract, um, you can spend a lot of advertising dollars that go out the window, tens of thousands of dollars. And then all of a sudden, the the person that you're marketing this development for, say it's a condo development, all of a sudden pulls the pin and, and goes somewhere else and, and you're out and um, and none of the products been sold. So that's from a larger scale of, of things that a person would say from a marketing point of view. Um, but keeping in touch with past clients, have a system that keeps in touch with people, right? Because I think that that's really important. Um, how many times have we said, I can't believe that guy just listed that property. He's a past client of mine. And then you think, when was the last time you were in touch with him? Right. That's why. Well, we've established you're working with Deb. Mm -hmm. She's a better golfer. Better golfer. Better realtor, maybe? Better realtor. We're going to start with that list. We'll just get carried away. Uh, describe the, the jobs you guys do. As in, is it the same thing? You work with clients, she works with clients, or you mentioned before that she does a little more of the uh, office work. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, well, I mean, we all have different roles. I guess I'm the team lead, and, and you know, because it's the Craig Adam real estate team, and I guess that that's where it uh, where it all started. And uh, Deb got into the business. She has her own center of influence. Uh, she comes from the corporate world. She's a CFA, so she's a chartered financial analyst. So, uh, from a finance point of view, she's attention to detail, and she knows finances, and she knows money. That's important. So that brings another level to our our business when it comes to investments and stuff like that um, we both generate sellers we both generate buyers okay. uh, we all both have our own center of influence and our both our own database now there is some cross um, clients that we both share of Makes course we, you know because we you know we're, we're married and we have that um, that crisscross um, so that's kind of the roles that she does a lot on the back end, you know, keeping things afloat. Um, 
we don't have a, a manager, but I guess if we did have a manager, she would be the manager. Um, we have a full-time assistant, takes care of our CRM, um, probably 80% of it. The other 20 is between Deb and myself. Um, you know, and the assistant's you know, role too is to follow up with clients and feedback and um, you know, entering income and commissions and all that stuff into our, into our CRM as well. Is your assistant 40 hours a week, nine to five? Yeah, she is. She's, uh, yeah, she's, she's nine to five or 8.30 to 4.30, whatever the case may be. She's full time, um, uh, five days a week. She's in the office uh, all the time and, uh, and that's important. And I go into the office uh, every day. Uh, I'm there. I think it's important for agents to go into the office don't sit at home um, if you can help it. I, different markets are obviously different with you know, larger centers, of course. Regina is not an overly big city. You know, we're 250,000 people that, you know, in some underlying communities. So I think it's important for agents to be connected with, with other people. Um, so that's, we encourage people to do that. Tell us about the power of the Remax brand. We're both wearing the Remax balloon pins right now, but tell us about how Remax has helped you. You know, when I first started in real estate, I, I had uh, doing a lot of research, and I had I had interviewed with you know Remax, Century Twenty One, Royal Page, and a bunch of other agencies. Don't want to mention them all, but um, I didn't start with Remax, and I I was convinced to go to this other brokerage, and. What I found was I, I, I was at a point where I wanted to take my business to another level. And I just felt that I could not do it in that environment with um, the tools that were there at that brokerage with the leadership and everything that was there. So I made the choice after four years in the business because I, I, I again, had a vision of where I wanted to take my business to another level and I could not do it there. And the only place that I felt I could do that was at Remax. So when I changed over from that brokerage, the, the funny thing is, I when I went and went to Remax, people congratulated me. I'd already been in the business for four years. I'd say, hey, congratulations, Craig. I, I, I see you went to Remax. These are people in the general public. Because the brand is so powerful, they they were they thought I was getting promoted. They thought I was getting a promotion almost a because, one, yeah. I, well, it, it was true and, and, you know, rightfully or wrongfully so. That's the perception of the public. Nobody asks you, how long have you been in the business when you're with Remax? They don't ask you what your experience is. It's a, it's a guarantee. If you're with Remax, you're a professional, you know what you're doing, and you're going to get the job done. And so the brand has been um, very powerful for myself. Um, and our brand, for sure. And the tools are there. Um, you got to utilize the tools. I mean, you can have the toolbox, but if you don't open it, mm -hmm. it doesn't do anything sitting there. So all of that is there um, for you. And I, I just think it's uh, it's it's you know most powerful brand in the world when it comes to real estate. And so I think that that's important. So that has that has helped me, you know, over these years, definitely. Well, stay, staying with Remax, let's talk about the Remax conventions about what you've picked up, what you've learned there, the knowledge you've uh, absorbed, and maybe encourage struggling realtors and new realtors to get out to the conventions when they're on. Not just struggling and, and, and new realtors too, but 
you know, old realtors too. You know, I, 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 I talk to people all the time. I'm, I'm like, you got to go to conferences. I'll joke with sometimes with some agents in our office that don't go. I said, you know what? Please don't go to the conferences. Let me go because I'll, you know, I'll be the one that's going to learn. You know, why am I continuing to go? If, if I know everything that there is in the business, why would I keep going? Well, you know why I'm going? Because I learn something every time that I go. And the investment that you have to make to go to that conference is minimal of what you're going to get in return. So if, if there's any advice that I can give to agents, go to the conferences. Uh, I've been with Remax now uh, going on 16 years. Probably go to at least two conferences a year. One's the Canadian and one's the international. Went to the first one was in Atlanta. Uh, I believe that was in 2006. Um, it was my very first international convention. And it blew me away. Um, talking to agents from all over the world, um, agents in Western Canada, Eastern Canada, and all um, very forthcoming with information. You know, asking me about my business plan, asking me about how do I run my team, how do I do, and I had no idea what they were talking about because I didn't know any of that. So then I started asking them the same questions, and it was very powerful. Well, it's a perfect segue into my next question. Uh, you've already given one piece of advice, 10 conferences for struggling realtors. What else would you like to tell struggling or new realtors today? Well, new agents keep in touch with you. you know, um, ask questions one for new agents. Ask questions of agents that are in the business. What do you do um, to be successful? I think that you have to ask questions. Ask for business. Don't be scared to ask for business. You're out for coffee or beers with your buddies or whatever, and they're like, hey, Craig, how's it going? Good, good. Yeah, no, business is good. And then we stop there. Why not say, hey, you know what? Business isn't bad, but I tell you what, I could be busier, and if you could think of anybody that's buying or selling in the next little while, family or friends or anybody, please let them know, and I'd appreciate if you could pass your na my name along to them. Because we, we're so scared to ask for the business, and I have to remind myself of that still too. So new agents do that. Struggling realtors, quit. No, I'm just joking. But I mean, quit what you're doing. Quit if, if, if you're not liking the result you're getting. Quit what you're doing and do something different. Change it up a bit. Look back to why you were successful and then why it's dropped off and quit doing those things because um, you get into these bad habits, you get into a funk, you get into these things, and you gotta get yourself out. So talk to realtors who have maybe gone through those ups and downs. How, maybe talk to somebody who's in the same boat as you. How did you get out of that? It's okay to ask for help. It, it, it really is. And ask other agents uh, all the time. And I, and I do that still to this day. Um, whether it's agents in our own office or agents across Canada, I will pick up the phone and ask advice. There's nothing wrong with that. All those tips were fantastic tips that will help well, experienced realtors, mm -hmm. struggling realtors, new realtors. Great, great tips. Craig, what challenges do you see overall in the industry that may be coming down the pipe? Well, there's things that we always are constantly um, battling, I guess, uh, the, the do-it-yourself um, real estate um, 
apps and do-it-yourself real estate websites and all of these things and you know the physicals have been around for a long long time and i think that that will always that will always be there uh, we're a relationship business let's be honest right um and it's still that you know belly to belly nose to nose type of industry and we need to keep communicating with our clients and keep in mind i tell this to people we're always asking about getting leads well leads are people and you have to remember that, you know, these are people we're dealing with, not leads, treat them like people. And we have to make sure that our communication to these people is at the forefront. And the struggles I see in our industry is the communication that we are all um, under. The way that we communicate is so much different than it used to be. Um, you know, the way technology is and, and all of that kind of stuff. So. Um, people are texting, they're emailing, they're Facebooking, they're Facebook messaging, they're all these types of things. So you have to understand where people are coming from, how they want to be communicated with. Um, but the challenge I see moving forward is with the next generation is, is that communication um, and how it gets broken down to a point where we need to know how that we need to know how to move forward and keep communicating well with people because I, I see that there's a lack of that in our industry, realtor to realtor and realtor to client. Certainly big challenges out there. And it's the coping that, you know, it, people have to cope with different things throughout life and this communication breakdown that we're not getting from people I think is, is a detriment. And I think we have to get back to that belly to belly, nose to nose, pick up the phone, meet with people, have client appreciation parties, because again, we're all human beings and, and we have to make sure that it's that relationship. We're in a relationship business. We gotta so make we sure, are. we gotta we gotta keep it. Tell us, where do you see Craig in five years? Boy, well, um, I don't know if I'd be retired. Well, in five years, can um, I'll be starting my 25th year in real estate. Certainly not as long as, as you. Um, so that'll be 25 years, um, you know, and say maybe, you know, at some point there's an end, there's an end goal. I don't want to do this forever. I love what I do. I love my clients. I love the passion of it. I'm still passionate about real estate. Um, but at some point, you know, am I going to do this till I'm 70 or 80 or 90? Well, who knows? Maybe I will, but it, what I want is I, I want to be healthy. I want to make sure because if you don't have your health, what do you have? Um, so in five years, I want to make sure I'm healthy to be able to move to the next stage of whatever we're, we're, we're going to accomplish. Um, do I want to grow my team? I think growth and being, you want to maybe grow as an individual and as have success. And the success for me is having that financial goal at the end. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that, that answers your question. I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, retired, but I'd like to have other challenges and, and, and I'm always open to different things. And I'm all just like when I changed careers, when I changed careers as broadcasting into real estate, I was always open to new ideas. I'll always be open to new ideas again. Well, I think that's very, very honest answer for sometimes for people, it's a tough question to visualize where they're going to be in, you know, five or 10 years or mm -hmm. even one year. Well, you have to understand, the way I guess I look at it is, is um, you know, you, you want to have a, 
a real happy, healthy life. And that's why we do this. I mean, we, we do this to set ourselves up. Um, we want to help clients. We want to continue to help people. So we'll continue to do that for the rest of our lives. It's just embedded in us, right? Um, but you want to make sure that, you know, there's, there's an end, an end, an, an end to a start of something else. That answers your question. Well, Craig, thank you very much for taking the time to share with everyone today. I know that I do and everybody else really appreciates your knowledge and the advice that you gave us today. Well, I really, appreci yeah, I really appreciate you having me here. No. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get Ken's podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. See you back soon.